Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 16. Uh, we're going to read, and then I'm going to give you the title of my message today, and then we're just going to you know, have a little talk, and we'll unpack what God wants to speak to us today. Is that okay? Amen. And so if you're there, uh, uh, can I hear a good, loud Amen. Fantastic. Wow. Wow. What a what a what an amazing church. Everybody flipping their Bibles or maybe everybody just staring at the screen. But never mind. We'll just read together. We'll just read. We'll just read together. Amen. So here we go. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation. It took a few times to pronounce that. Um, it just means substitution, right? For our sins. He took the place for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time, if we, but if we love one another, God abides in us and His love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Saviour of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God God abides in him, lives in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you are taking down notes, um, the, the title of my message today is called, Let Him Love You. Let Him Love You. I need to just, you know, clarify. This is my title. This is by no means a prophetic word for anyone here. Just in case you had a proposal this week and you're praying about it, and you're coming to church, you're going, God, show me a sign. This is not the sign. This is not a sign, okay? Keep praying. We can talk after church, all right? The hymn here we're talking about is God, not your boyfriend or boyfriend to be or whatever, okay? Anyway, let Him love you. I just feel that God wants us to know again uh, who He really is. You know, the world that we live in today, there's just so much information. We, 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 we live in a world where sometimes it's a little bit too much, you know. Uh, how, many, how many of you uh, checked the last time you Googled something? The amount of searches, the search results, I mean, is, is crazy, it's astronomical. And so we live in a world that really has too much information. And, and information alone is unhelpful. Uh, we need to process information within the right context. And God here is reminding us that, that the context of who He is, because we live in a world today where people can have a lot of ideas about who God is. Depends on who you talk to. Depends on how their week has been. You know, uh, uh, as a pastor, I, I, I talk to people a lot about faith and, and, and people who, from all walks of life, have different ideas about who God is. For some people, they think God is a bully. For some people, they think God is a monster. For some people, they think God is kind. Uh, but how many know that the best place to get the context of who God is 
is, is from himself. And God chooses to use the context that he is love. Turn to your neighbor and says, God is love. God is love. Amen. God is not a bully. God is not, you know, scary. God is love. And context is so important because when we don't have the right context, uh, uh, it's very easy for us to misunderstand. You know, uh, both me and my wife, we, I like to believe we have a, a, a strong uh, marriage. Uh, but sometimes, you know, uh, at, 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 in the house, you know, we, we, we see things that we joke among ourselves because if we're strong marriage, we can joke about it. Uh, uh, that if people didn't have the right context that, that we are at a healthy place, they can misunderstand. So recently, I sent my wife a, a, mess, a, a picture. I didn't post it. I didn't want to share it because I didn't want it going out on the internet. Um, but one of those days where, you know, only people who wear jewelry and married people will understand this. One of those days where she just, you know, uh, the, 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 the ring just felt a little bit heavy and chunky. You know, so she was in a hurry, you know, this is this real talk, okay? And so she decided, you know what, on a day, I'm, I'm, I'm in a hurry, I'm just going to remove my ring and I'm going to put it on the table, her wedding band. I know all the romantics in the house, you go like, oh, how dare she? I know, I know, I'm with you, I'm a romantic. Um, <laughs> And so, I, I, uh, she left because she had a very early day, so she left very early, even before 7 a.m. She left for work, so, you know, Pastor Cat, a uh, hard worker, uh, and, uh, you know, real... Anyway, um, and so she left the ring, and uh, it happened to be next to uh, another set of house keys. And so I woke up, and that's the first thing I saw on the table, and I took a picture. I go like, you know, in the wrong context, people will think that you're leaving me. You know, <laughs> like, here's your ring, here's the house key, I'm out of here. And, and so context is so important. Sometimes we read the Bible in the wrong context. We read the, 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 the we, we, we don't understand that God is love. When you understand that God is love, every part of the Bible, even the so-called uncomfortable parts, even the parts where you see uh, that, that God seems to be angry, uh, if, if you don't have the context that God is love, it's very easy for us to think that God is an angry God. But no, God is love. And because He's love, even His anger is out of love. How many of you have, have loved so much that you became angry over something, right? You know, uh, uh, without asking you about your relationship status, a very harmless example would be your favorite sports team, right? You love them so much, and when they don't do well, you get mad. It's not because you actually hate them, but because you're disappointed. And, and, and at that moment, you, your, your tempers flare, go like, you know, how come? Insert team of choice. Oh, no, they need to change their manager. They need to, you know, change the owner and, and, and this and that, right? Or you could be really passionate about uh, certain film genres. And then, you know, you go like, oh, how come the sequel is so bad, etc. And, 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 you know, so when you understand that, that love is a context, you know, you can, you can take the criticism, do you understand? And so, I just want to give us this because it, it helps us to understand God. It helps us to understand the God of the Bible that we need to look at everything through the lens of God's love because God is love. Another reason why I, I feel God leads us to understand this is because, you know, love is such a powerful word. We also live in a world today where love has so many def definitions. And, and here, God is reminding us that, no, He is the definition of love. He is the definition of love. And, and so, you know, when, when, in other words, if you're a Christian, when you say, I love you to, to someone, 
or something, hopefully not a thing. Uh, um, what you meant to truly say, if God is love, to say that, wow, I, I, my emotions for you are like God's emotions for us. You know, a, a pure, a, a full of love, fully committed. You know, that's why uh, uh, um, no matter how much people tease me, I will never say, I love my dog because I just don't feel about her that, that, that strongly, you know? Uh, uh, you know, I cannot say that, oh, my emotions for you are like how God has for me, um, even though sometimes it, it does feel like that, you know? Um, anyway, we can talk about that after the service. Um, but, but God is love. Even before Adam loved Eve, God is love. Even before creation, God is love. You know, God loved the, the, the Son, Jesus, and Jesus loved the Father, and they loved the Holy Spirit. You know, that there was already beautiful, perfect love even before creation. And that is so important for us to understand. God's not just our idea of love. Because when I say God is love, you, you, and if you come from a broken family, you could have a very cheap view and a very low view of God a very wrong view, a very abusive view. But no, God's love is not like our earthly definition of love. You know, nowadays, in fact, love is, you know, the, it, it's, it's been cheapened, right? By social media, by K-pop, you know. You know now love is, is, is this. I don't even know the, the gang sign for love anymore, you know. Sarange, Anyo Haseyo, you know, that kind of... And, 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 and that I wasn't speaking in tongues, uh, that's just Korean. Uh, and, you know, and we think that, oh, that's love. No, 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 that, that's, that's not love. When I say God is love, don't think God is this. You know, don't think God is just a hand signal. No, no, God is... Am I doing something? Someone's telling me, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> Please censor it. Um, you know, God is love. Not the cheap love. Not the one-night stand love. Not the abusive love. Not the tender love. God is perfect love. You know, greater than, than the love of a man and woman, God is love. Greater than the love of a father to son, God is love. And then we need to look at that, look, look at God from that point of view. Now, in the world that we live in today, you know, even if we can have the right context, there can be another thing that can color our perception of the context. And that's this thing called emotion. Emotion. You know, so for example, even if you have all the information, even if you have the right context, all it takes is for you to have an emotional day, for you to have a bad emotional moment. You know, your emotion suddenly, you know, colors the perception of truth. You know, like, like, like for example, uh, I'm known, to, I, I'm trying to encourage myself to, to, to smile more and, and all that uh, because I've been told, some very loving church people have told me that, that Dave, you have a horrible resting face. Uh, and whenever I'm deep in thought, I'm just thinking about Jesus, but I look like I'm about to plot some, somebody's murder. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so if you don't know me, this is what perceptions do. You don't really know me and you perceive, you know, you perceive, you take a snapshot. That's another word for perception. It's a snapshot. It's not a full picture. It's just a snapshot of that moment in time. If, if you catch me deep in thought, staring into nowhere, you could be thinking, oh no, he must be angry at me because he's staring at me. No, I'm actually looking at the wall. And, and you can have the wrong perception about who this person is. Oh, he's angry. He must be judging me, etc. And so not only is context important, but, but, but you know, having the right 
um, emotional perception is also very important. And why am I saying this? Because I, I believe that God wants to minister to us today. I, I don't know you. I've not been stalking you on your Instagram or your social media. Uh, but I, I sense from God that He wants to talk to us about our perception of Him. And sometimes our negative emotions, what we're going through, some very common negative emotions that we go through very often, uh, can unknowingly color our perception, our view of God. Emotions like fear, emotions like pain, or even emotions like shame. And so today, I want to help us to unpack how, how do we overcome these emotions? Because these things, fears will, will come, right? Uh, fears will never stop coming. You know, when you're young, you know, you're maybe afraid of the dark. Then you grow a little bit older, then you're afraid of, I don't know, um, getting a, a B or a C in school. Uh, and then you get a little bit older, you're afraid that you won't get into the university of your choice. And then when you get into the university of your choice, you're afraid that you won't graduate with the, with the qualification, with the, you know, that, that thingy, that grade, you know, the 2-1, the 1-1, one, one, as you can see, I didn't do very well. Uh, you know, the, 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 yeah, you know, and, uh, and even when you get that, you're afraid that you might not land the job because all your other friends are getting the jobs and even the people who didn't do as well as you are getting jobs ahead of you. And then even when you get the job, you're afraid that your boss doesn't like you. And even when your boss likes you, you're afraid uh, that this is the wrong job and this will no stunt your career progression and even if you feel like you just got promoted you're afraid because now you're thinking have I prioritized career over life and, and, and where's my life partner and even when you get a life partner you're afraid did you get with the right person and even when you get with the right person you're afraid that you know maybe people will judge you because of the car you drive the house you live in or the amount of kids you have or don't have and even when you have the kids that you want to have you're afraid that they will not turn out well or worse they'll turn out exactly like you and you know exactly how you were at. And even when your children don't turn out to be exactly like you in a good way or in a bad way, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, you're still afraid for their future. You're afraid of mortality. You're afraid that you're going to leave them. You're afraid that you won't see your grandchildren. Your fear will always be around. Okay, I hope you understood that. <laughs> Otherwise, that was just a really long roundabout way of saying that fear is here to stay. And so, God wants us to know how to handle and process that fear. Pain. I don't want to go through another example, but you understand. You know, disappointments can lead to pain. Pain can lead to anger. Now I sound like a character from Star Wars, but, but you get what I'm saying? That's, that, that the pain is still the same. And, and, you know, let's not even talk about the mistakes that we'll make along the way and the shame that comes with it. When we are going through fears, it, it colors our perception of God. How many of you been there before? Right? I don't need to ask you this because we just know that, that panic makes us do dumb things. Do you remember 2020? Do you remember the amount of toilet rolls? Everybody, you know, it felt like the new currency. It wasn't. You know, it felt like the cure for the virus. It wasn't. And now we can look back and laugh, but at that moment, it wasn't a laughing issue because fear makes us go nuts. And sometimes it's not like we don't want to trust God. Sometimes it's not like we, we don't love Him. But we allow fear to overcome us. You know, uh, sometimes it's, it's pain. We allow the, the things that we go through, the setbacks, the disappointments, uh, to hurt us so much. How many know that hurt people hurt people? 
right? And if you've been hurt before, you, you end up being, you know, very, you know, snappish at other people. And so I, I want to just give us three points. Looking at what we just read from 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 16, how God introduces Himself that He is love and how He loved us by making the first move. He loved us by sending His Son, Jesus. And let us use that and, and, and help, help us to diffuse some of these emotions. So I've got three points for you. Um, my first point is this. If you're going through a fearful, stressful time, don't run away. Don't blame God. Don't get angry. Don't lock yourself up. Instead, this is what you need. Point number one, let Him love you in your fear. Let Him love you. You know, we all go through different things, right? Fear of missing out. And I'm trying to trend some of this, right? That's FOMO is fear of missing out. Uh, have you heard of FODY? FODY, F-O-D-Y? F-O-D-Y, no? Fear of dying young, right? FODs, F-O-D-S, anyone? FODs, FODs, any takers? Fear of dying single, that's right. I hear somebody whisper that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Very real fear. You know the demographic of this church when, when these, these are the fears, uh, you know? Uh, if this is the older church, you know, fear of... Anyway, um, you know, but the thing is this. What, what is fear? Fear is about being in control. You see, we are afraid <laughs> of these things because they take control out of our hands right? Uh, we all want to be, let's talk about the most harmless one, FOMO, the fear of missing out, whether it's missing out a job, missing out an opportunity, missing out a good deal, missing out a discount, whatever it is. We like to feel like we're in control. We like to feel like we're in charge. And then when we hear that, oh, we just missed out on something, it feels like we have failed. Do you see the, 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 the main motivator? I, I, I. feels all about me, 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 right? Even the fear of heights, it's about you. Oh, no. I'm afraid of heights. What are you afraid of? I might fall down. I might hurt myself. I, you're not afraid of heights for other people. Oh, I'm afraid of heights for the children around me. No, no, no. You're afraid of heights for yourself. And, and, and you know, so fear, many times, it's, it's about us being in control. And so when we're afraid, you know, we're, we're, we're afraid, let's say, for example, fear of dying young, we're afraid because we want to die old and successful and, and, and living a full life. But, but what if we can't? And, and that keeps us up at night for some people. And for some of us, you know, fear of, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, being jobless, uh, fear of, you know, uh, you know, different things, fear of disappointing other people. It's, it's all about you, 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 how other people will look at you. And so when it comes to us being in control, the, 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 the real issue here is also trust. We want to be in control because we find it hard to trust other people. So let me give you this example, right? Let's say you're driving a long-distance journey and you're really tired and uh, you've got 20 more kilometers to go, but you're really tired and uh, you're driving and somebody next to you who's also a driver, but let's say you have trust issues. And even though they know how to drive, you don't trust them to be as good a driver as you. You are afraid that they will mess up this journey. 
You see that? You're afraid that they uh, will fall asleep. You're, you're afraid. And so that makes you, you know, want to be in control more. That makes you hard to give up control. What I'm saying is this. When it comes to our fear, it's an issue of us wanting to be in control. So what's a practical way of, of letting God's love come in? Trust Him. Trust Him. And why can we trust Him? Because He is love. He's not just a great driver. He is love. He's not just a great planner. He is love. Meaning that He won't just plan a future for you, but it will be a future planned in love. A lot of us, we struggle. We, we want to grind our way to success because we're afraid. Um, that, that if we surrender control to God, and you don't have to raise your hands, but we've all been there, we think that God will sabotage those plans. I actually met people who said that, yeah, I, I, I don't want to pray because I know that the moment I pray, God will take it away. And I'll be like, okay, it looks like you've got control issues, but it looks more like you've got trust issues. Once you understand that God is love, even if after you pray for something, for a job, for an opportunity, and that opportunity goes away, expires, but if you rest in the fact that God is love, then you can process even that rejection in love. Maybe that job wasn't the right one for me because God is love. He doesn't close the door in anger. He's not closing the door in spite. He's not closing the door in punishment. A lot of us, we think that way about God. Oh, I'm trying, and, and yet God just slams the door. It must be because I, I didn't go for church camp last year. No, 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 it's not that. It's, God is saying that, no, I'm just closing the door because I see all things, I can see into all futures, and, and, and maybe we just got to trust. This is what we need to trust. Maybe that was not the right door for me. But we can only do that when we understand that God is love. Do you see that? When you understand that God is love, you can surrender your fears to Him. Because you can trust Him. Amen? And so, so that's, that's, you know, the first point I want us to get. If you're wrestling with something, you, know, you don't have to raise your hands, but if you're wrestling with, with trust issues with God, and you might even call yourself, instead of saying that I, I have a trouble trusting God, you, you, you give yourself a nicer sounding name. I'm ambitious. I'm ambitious. You know, I see something, I want it, I go get it. I'm a go-getter. Cool. Keep telling yourself whatever it is. But we all know at the end of the day, the root, the root factor could be fear. Fear of losing control. Fear of not getting your dream. But don't let fear rule your life. Let God rule your life. And God is not just some power-hungry guy who does rule everything. No, He is love. The only reason we can trust Him is because He is love. And we can trust that everything that He plans and prepares and provides for us will be done in love. Amen? I hope that ministers to you. Point number two is this, right? Besides fear, we also wrestle with pain. So how do we overcome that? Similar way. Point number two, let Him love you in your pain. A lot of us, we go through pain. And pain comes from, I don't know, it could come from trauma, it could come from past disappointments. Uh, it could come from betrayal. And many times when we go through pain, the first question that we ask, if, if we believe in God, we ask, why? Why? You know, I, I know, you know the, uh, and, and full disclosure, Pastor Cat knows this too, but, but uh, my, my first girlfriend, um, 
it didn't last long. Um, but when that relationship didn't work out, I was in high school and uh, I was in so much pain. And every night I would cry myself to sleep, asking God one question, why? Why? Because at that moment, I was like, why? Why did you take the love of my life? And I can imagine God go like, you have no idea. You have no idea. You haven't met the love of your life. What are you talking about? And sometimes in pain, we can make certain projections against God. And, and in pain, we can react. How many of you have had a pet before uh, who's in pain and you're trying to help the pet, right? Any cat owners here? You understand what I'm saying, right? Every cat owner will know this. If you own a cat, get ready to be scratched, right? It's, it's, it's physics. It's, you know, it's a rule of the universe. You know, If you own a cat, <laughs> uh, you will be scratched. They will scratch you when they don't like you. They will scratch you even when they like you. You will be scratched. And even more when you're trying to help them. Let's say your, your, your cat stepped on something, stepped on the thorn. And you, you're trying to help, but you end up and sometimes we do that to God. God's trying to help us in our pain, but we're just like, wow, God, back off. We forget that He is love. And so how do we overcome? If you're in deep pain, and I'm just trying to use some cat examples to you know, uh, loosen the tense atmosphere. Um, I'm, not, I'm not nullifying your pain. I'm not saying that your pain is not real. But, but I've got a few truths for you. You might be asking why. But what you need is not a why. What you need is a who. And his name is Jesus. And he is love. You see, we won't always understand the why at that time. Can you imagine I was like, you know, 17 years old, asking God, why? God's not going to explain to me, well, the reason why is, you know, this, this, this. by the way, you know, you, don't worry, you're going to meet the love of your life, you know, in X amount of time, you know, so you just need to focus on your studies and get to the right university, otherwise, you know, I can't help you. No, no, God's not going to give you the why, because the why is too complex. And even if we get the why, we won't understand. But God is saying that you don't need to know the why, you need to know the who. And a lot of us, we spend many years trying to figure out the why. In modern day relationship language, we like to use the word closure. I need closure, I need closure, I need closure, I need closure. That's just a fancy way of saying, I need to know why, I need to know why. Why did you break up me? Why? And do you regret it now? <laughs> yes, closure. No, 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 what you need is a who. And the who is not the person who hurt you. The who is God. I need to know that, no, He is love and only in Him can you find healing for your pain. Another thing that, that you know, we need to know about pain is that God is not the author of your pain. A lot of times we think that just because God created everything, that He is also the architect of your pain and your troubles. No, far from it. He created everything. But human beings, we messed it up. His name is Savior. Savior means that a person goes in to rescue in modern day language, we understand this. A, a fireman is a form of savior. Did the fireman start the fire? No, even though there's fire in his name. And sometimes we think that, oh, God is the, because, because God, therefore he created. No, no, God's like the fireman. He rushes into our mess and he rescues us. And so if you're in pain right now, pain because somebody hurts you, pain because maybe you come from a broken family, and so trauma has followed you for many years of your life. It's even shaped your identity, gave you trust issues. 
I want you to know God is not the author of that. If He's the author of anything, He's the author of your salvation. He's the architect of how to rescue you. His name, He's another title, He's Savior, He's Shepherd, He's the one that walks with you, He's the one that runs into the, 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 the burning fire furnace that is your life and He rescues you. He's the one that walks with you in the fire and out of it, He is love. And so if you're wrestling with something, would you let God's love? You don't need an answer. You need His love. And would you today say that, God, I just need to know that You love me. I just need to know that You love me. And, and if you open up your life like that, God will step in because it's in His character to step in. Earlier on, Scripture we read that how did God love? He sent His Son. This is, this is how God loved He. It's impossible for him to be the architect of our pain and our troubles because the way he loves is to send his own son to take our place. And another illustration, if you can bear with me, is this. Um, over life, you got caught in the bad trap of sin. You're just there minding your own business and then one day you step on a wrong decision. And then, whoosh, bad trap, activated. And then you're like, ah! you watch enough movies and National Geographic and Tom and Jerry to understand and then, then it's like ah you're stuck right and, and, and the, the sin and the, 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 the bad trap the snare of death has caught you ah. and there you're going like oh you're bleeding and sin hurts causes pain causes trauma and maybe like a certain wild animal that you watch in Nat Joe you even try to fix it and we've seen pictures of that. Animals who are in so much pain that they try to bite their own legs off. And that's a picture of us trying to fix our own mess, our own sin. We think that I've got what it takes, my problem, I need to fix it. And we just end up biting at the wound and making it worse. The story of Christianity, the story of Jesus is this. God saw one of His creations caught in the bad trap of sin. He sent His Son, go rescue. And then Jesus goes, realizes that this is a complex bear trap. It's not so easy for it to just let go. It, it's, it's triggered. You know, maybe a more apt word for it is a landmine. You step on the landmine of sin. If you move away, it explodes in your face. You die instantaneously. God sees that landmine, that bad trap of sin, and He says that, okay, I'm going to rescue you, but to, to rescue you, I need to take your place. So I'm going to step into your situation so that we can be released from the bad trap, released from that minefield. And then the Father takes us away, heals us, bandages us up, and Jesus continues to stand there and takes the pain and takes the explosion, takes the grenade for us. If that's how God loves, how can He be the one that hurts you? He who would rather His son suffer than you suffer, how can we blame Him? Amen? And what you need is not more therapy. What you need is to know again the simple truth. Sometimes the simplest truths are life-changing and the simple truth is this. God loves you. He is love and the solution to all of your pain. Amen? Point number three is this. Let Him love you in your mistakes. 
You know, sometimes another thing that colors our perception about God is our own wrong decisions. And because we messed up, and in life we will mess up. This is not a negative prophecy for you. Some of you might be offended. Oh, so negative. I'm, I'm leaving here, you know. And just in case something bad happens to you, this is not a prophecy. This is a matter of fact. that Bad decisions happen. We make wrong decisions in life. Um, and sometimes those wrong decisions we commit to even though God had warned us, gave us wisdom to avoid it, but we pursued anyway. How many have been there before? You know, uh, you find yourself stuck in shame, in a mistake, not caused by any other external factor but by yourself. And sometimes because we messed it up, it can make us feel like, you know what, God, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Oh God, this is, the, this is the fifth time you had to bail me out. Oh man, I, 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 I can't. You know, if, 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 if my friend did this to me, I would hate my friend. And, and, and what more? I'm sure God, you're hating me right now. Do you see how sometimes our shame, our mistakes, can make us feel like we are unworthy? And we end up kind of like holding on to our mistakes, thinking that I, I need some time apart to fix myself. A, a modern word that we hear very often, I need to work on myself. I need to get away, work on myself, you know, do the work, think about it, whatever, and then maybe we'll come back. And, and sometimes we approach God like that. We go like, God, I, I need you, but, I, but this is my own doing, so let me fix it. No, no, no. God is saying, let His love come in. Let His love come in. I wrote here, don't change to be loved. And maybe this, this can double as a relationship uh, advice, okay, and word. Don't change to be loved. Don't change who you are so that in hopes that somebody will love you. No, no. We can't, don't change to be loved, but change because you are loved. And that's how God wants us to change. You see, if you're stuck in a mistake and you're trying to change it, thinking that once I change myself, God will love me, the blessing will be restored, that day will never come. Instead, the way out of our problems, the way out of our shame, is to first drown ourselves in God's love, immerse ourselves in God's love. And out of that love, change. Because we need to be empowered that way. You know, I love the fact that earlier on, the scripture that we just read is this, not that we love God, but He loved us. He made the first move. And so if you're stuck, I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're a believer, you're a Christian, but life, your life has been full of inconsistencies. Maybe you felt like you've disappointed God multiple times. Maybe you feel like you are addicted to something that, that is, you know, just sucking the life out of you. And you're thinking, no, I, I need to work on that and then God will love me. I need to be free of this and then God will love me. No, the key to being free, the key to being set free is not you, it's Jesus. And only when God steps in can you change. And so whatever you're going through right now, whatever mistake that you think you might have committed, whatever shame that you are still heaping upon yourself, know that what you need is God's love. And let His love first step in. Let Him, the God who made the first move, step in, heal you. Let Him 
fix you the way only He can fix and let Him set you free. Amen? You know, I, I hope that this has been helpful. I, I just want to help give us some biblical pointers on how to process some of these emotions that we will go through every now and then and to understand that Jesus is and will always be the answer. In a while, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and we're going to pray. And, um, but before we pray, let's worship. I really believe that God wants to minister and uh, it is in worship, when we worship God, that surrender happens. It is in worship that we are reminded of who God is and what He's done for us. And so, I want us to worship. And we're going to sing, we're going to worship, and in that worship, I want you to surrender your fears. Whatever that fear might be. You know, whatever that's stressing you out right now. Whatever that you find it hard to let go of. Maybe it's your studies. For some of us, we want to be in control of our finances. We want to be in control of our future. We want to be in control. And the very thought that we might not be in control or things will come that will grab that control away frightens us. But God is saying that, no. Let it go. Let it go into His hands. He is love. He, he, you're not surrendering to a God who is emotionless. You're surrendering to a God who loves you and gave His Son to die for you. Maybe as we worship some of us here, I believe that God will minister to your pain. God will, through our time together, heal or start a healing work in that pain and give you the real closure that you need. It's not a why, it's a who. And His name is Jesus. In a while, we're going to worship Him. And even if you feel like you're really far away from God and that you have things in your life that you feel like doesn't deserve God, you have skeletons in your closet that you're afraid will be found out. Let's not focus on the skeletons. Let's not focus on your addiction. Let's not focus on the shame. Can we do that? The devil wants you to focus on the problem. The devil yourself wants to condemn you, wants you to focus on the wrong decisions, wants you to focus on the hurt, wants you to focus on the shame, wants to focus on that painful memory. No. God is saying that focus on His love. And once you know that you are loved, even when you were not perfect, He loved you, then out of that revelation will come true change. Because you're not changing for performance sake, you're changing from a place of identity. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.